No my Heidi my Gitanay Hotaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Now, by the way, I'm away tomorrow, back Wednesday, Susie Ferguson in tomorrow, but on the show today, King Charles III's coronation. Did you watch this meticulously planned ancient ceremony? And who best to review it but a staunch Republican? That just after four. 429,000 people had some form of missed payments. Missed payments, they are creeping up. We discussed that. And the new physical restraint policy in schools, that means staff have to be trained before they can restrain a child. Are they workable? Also on the show, should Kiwis get first dibs at booking one of the great walks? Kiwis first, what do you think? And famed chemistry laureate Benjamin List on the meaning of life, it's gone viral. A rather profound rant to the meaning of life that we might desire to obtain objects. But if you've ever faced a life-threatening situation, just the ability to breathe is such a blessing. And it got me thinking, what's a moment that changed your life? Could be profound, could be tiny. I'll start using the ATM for the first time. I just loved getting money out from the wall. And the song whisperer today, we've got the lyrics for you. You've got the song for me. Here they are. I'm tired of the city life. Summer's on the run. People tell me I should stay, but I've got to get my fun. What's the track? Text me, 2101. With me this afternoon in Wellington, Nalini Baruch, founder of Lot 8 Olive Oils, mm-hmm. Nalini Bulavinaka Kiora. Great to have you here. Hi, Wallace. Nice. Very nice to be here. And James Elliott, lawyer for Newsroom, English language teacher. James, welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you, Wallace. All right. James, Nalini with us. Packed show this afternoon and to this. You cannot go past a lovely local initiative. And here at the panel, we have Fijoas in our heart. Protects RNZ's Auckland office manager, tried his very first Fijoa right here on the panel live. Planted in 2012 by local children and youth, the Western Community Centre in Hamilton now has over 84 Fijoa trees, 30 mandarin trees. They are thriving. And guess what? Hundreds of locals enjoy the fruit. Neil Tolan is the manager of the centre. Kia ora, Neil. Kia ora. How are you? You there? I am. I'm very good, thanks. I, I, just, I just love this story. You know, I, I could just pick, I closed my eyes and I saw hundreds of people um, filling their baskets full of fresh, fresh Fijoas in Hamilton. Tell us more about this initiative. Um, I, I guess it was... We were looking at um, a lot of homes didn't have fruit trees, and I remember growing up as a kid that that was what we did. We raided those those trees, um, walking home from school and that kind of thing, and we just felt we needed more of that. And so, in 2012, we had we got a bit of funding, and we were able to plant those trees with the goal in mind that one day people will be able to come down and get some food in their local community. And all these years later, yeah, oh. it works. We are seeing the fruit of that that task. <laughs> Literally, yeah. do the do the children uh, do the young people get a buzz out of planting and then coming back for the fruit? Yeah. Well, these young people are now um, almost twenty years of age, and they do come back, and and I do say, hey, that's your trees. Oh. You, you, and there is that connection to the park and uh, a tangible thing that they did that's benefiting people. 
It's very tangible, isn't it? Just turn your head round to the right or left there, Neil, and maybe uh, move a bit so you can get a clearer line there. Isn't this wonderful, Nalini? And who can't go past a free bag of high-quality fijoas? Yeah, me especially at the moment because yeah. um, I... I was going to use the word killed. We took out our only Fijoa treat we had for 20 years um, because we got tired of eating them. They're they're prolific fruiters. Um, So now I'm relying on other people to supply me my yearly fix. And I love them. I really love Fijoa. Yeah, okay, weird. You got sick of the Fijoa tree (laughs) because it was too abundant. Wow, that's odd. Stay there. Stay there, Neil. James. Well, my, mine is not so much free Joe as, as free Joe free in my house. Uh, my wife is English and she just can't get her head around free Joe's, the, the smell, the, the aroma, all the rest of it. What, really? So I have to, be very, I have to sort of have my free Joe's in secret, clandestine. <laughs> sort of. So just not a fan? No, not a fan and not, and not tolerant yeah. of other people being mm. fans either. Okay. Now, Neil, uh, tell me more about this Fruit Trees and Homes initiative. I want to hear more about it because I understand you do have almost 2,000 fruit trees now planted in uh, 300 plus homes. Yeah, so it's, it's something we're currently doing, I guess, over the last kind of um, since 2012. And, and it is, I remember as a kid, um, um, you know, our budget was tight and I had a mandarin tree outside um, my garden. It was, you know, afternoon tea and lunch. It was always a guaranteed food, so it was kind of doing going back to that that, that every person um, around our community will have access to food. And then the good thing is that the excess comes back to our centre for us to share again. So it's building up that food resiliency in our in our communities, and and it works. You just put a tree in the ground and it grows. You've got to do a little bit of pruning now and again, but you get food. Is, isn't it fantastic, James? It's a wonderful thing to do. It's so this, tangible as well. Is this sort of tipping fuel on a fire to say, we can say, look about berms. Can we use our berms to do this? Do we don't have to, by law, do we just have to keep them mowing? Can we do this sort of thing? Totally. I think we should. You've got a yeah. view on that, Neil. It's an odd take, but anyway. No? Yeah. All right. Now, it's quite yeah. a busy centre, isn't it? Um, you you can get your learner's licence there. Uh, there's a family court navigator. There's a laundry and shower service. You're quite a busy operation. Yeah, we've got, we've got quite a few things on. And I guess along the fruit and vegetable lines, we also we kind of buy uh, vegetables in bulk through Food Together. And then the community can get $15 bags. And last week we did 275 orders. So the old kind of vegetable co-op. Yeah. Wallace, can I ask a question? Go for it. Neil, is this sort of verging on a commercial enterprise? Do you see yourselves selling the fruit to restaurants and cafes down the road one day to recoup some of your costs? Uh, I mean, it, it could be, or we could get a donation. Um, at, at this stage, it's just, it's just for people to um, kind of help themselves too. But, I mean, yeah, if we, um, you know, our community does have excess, excess, and everyone's happy and everyone's full, then that could be something we, yeah, definitely look at. It's just fantastic, Neil. Oh, well done. So a very, very busy centre there. Now, if you are listening, this is the Western Community Centre in Kirikirua, Hamilton there, uh, providing uh, free fruit. And look, who doesn't, uh, or most people, who doesn't like uh, fee joas? Um, so to those listening, is, is that what you can do? You can just go down, bring a bag, and pick yeah. up some free fruit. Is that the deal there, Neil? It is. You just go along the fence lines. Um, I'm looking at now. There's, I can see a few orange, uh, the mandarins down there. There's, they've been um, 
you know, they've been very popular, but there is Fijo still there. There's a few on the ground you can pick up as they drop, and it just help yourself. Very, very good That's indeed. Great. We'll keep in touch uh, there, Neil, but a very good initiative there. The Healthy Living Projects are providing fruit trees in homes. Now, that is Neil Tolan, their manager of the Western Community Centre. Um, yes, indeed, there is a big response to the lyrics uh, as the song whispered this afternoon, and wow, I'm tired of the city life, summer's on the run, people tell me I should stay, but I've got to get my fun. All right, we're joined by James Elliott and Nalini Brook this afternoon. Nalini Brook, take it away. This is from the heart. What's been on your mind? What's on my your mind? I've been thinking. <laughs> my, what I've been thinking. We are three weeks to harvest, to the olive, olive season in New Zealand, to olive harvest. The um, north of the North Island started theirs about a couple of weeks ago, so it's slowly coming down to us. Um, and it'll be with us, hopefully, when I say it, I mean the the company that does most of our harvesting for us will be down in the wire wrapper, hopefully by the last week of May, which means we need to have ourselves completely prepared for it. And um, it's 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 quite a nervous time, Wallace. It's, it's, it's exciting, but it's like we've got weather, we've got, uh, is it going to suddenly turn cold and will the frost come and... Or will we have one of the most magnificent harvests we've ever had, which is, you know, good fruit in large quantities and really high yields? So that's what I'm thinking at the moment. And my thought is with every olive grower in the country, go well. Oh, that's wonderful, Nalini. And, and it's an insight into something I have next to no uh, <laughs> knowledge of, James. How to grow a good olive. Well, well no, the next thing. I have some olives at home, planted them as a as a hedgerow, oh, and I, basically you, they're almost sort of idiot gardener proof. They they are very very resilient and hardy trees. I think that's right. Are you saying to our other panels that anyone can do? What? I think anyone can grow an olive tree. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Where are you based, James? Uh, in Auckland. In ah, Auckland. right. Okay. But I was just thinking about what you'd said. It must be nerve wracking. Anyone with anyone in agriculture, horticulture, with a crop, mm. and you've got that time waiting for harvest. As you say, you're you're at the mercy of the weather gods. Mm, well, look at mm. Hawkspan Gisman at the moment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now, by the way, um, people are coming in and uh, saying the moment that their life changed, or what is one moment? It could be very profound. It could be tiny. That uh, you saw your life change. Robin says. My moment in life was when I was almost 20 and was taken to Waikato Hospital to see my father and to hear that he had pancreatic cancer. Life changed instantly at that moment. Keep those coming. 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. All right, James Elliott, who's really searched all day for this. You, you wait till you listen to this. This is, speaking of profound, this is enormous. He has done some real soul searching this afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you James Elliott. I've been thinking about porridge, Wallace. This is the time of year when I make that reluctant transition from the summer cereal to the winter cereal. I've acknowledged that the clocks have changed. I've acknowledged that winter is on the way. So I have done that momentous decision that I do each year, transitioning, if I can use that word, to porridge. And so I want to know what people's favourite, the preferred recipe and, of course, all the accoutrements that go with porridge. I want to hear, I want some help. I want some guidance. Because what are you stuck in? I'm not stuck. I'm just open to new ideas. I have a particular ingredient of my own, which is 
do you crack an egg into the porridge when it's halfway cooked? What? And then the egg oh. cooks with the porridge on the way through. That's my protein protein oh. pack inside the porridge. Any, any, <laughs> any Scottish gene in you? Yes, there is. But if, oh, if you could okay. see Wallace's face now, it's, um, it's a state of shock and horror. <laughs> that sounds highly unappetizing. <laughs> in that case, I need some help then. Yeah, yeah, you really do, don't you? It's, do. It's, it, the simplest yeah. way to make it is the tastiest. Exactly. What about this? Because I'm also a big porridge fan. Why didn't you get some blackberries, frozen blackberries, some raw mixed nuts, a few chia seeds, a bit of brown sugar? That's what I love about this, Nini, because porridge is a canvas, isn't it? No. <laughs> it's a canvas because it's, it comes unappetizing. You try and make it work with an egg, unusual. But actually, it's just a it's just a blank, white canvas of which you paint it. Unlike other cereals, like cocoa pox, which is just like all there. That's right, exactly. Yeah. So there's a very good analogy. The blank canvas, I like that. What, what what what's your summer breakfast? My summer breakfast is granola with yogurt and fruit. Yeah. What about you, Nalini? What do you wake up to? Um, yogurt and fruit. Um, but, you know, my, my mother-in-law was Scottish and my father-in-law was American and he made mean porridge and I make it the same way that I think she was taught, or she taught him to make, which is soak it in water with a pinch of salt overnight in the morning, warm it, add sugar, if you want, brown sugar and some milk. And why turn it into a cereal, Wallace? What you've just described to me says it's a cereal. Porridge, well, porridge is just porridge, salt and milk. Uh, no, Isn't porridge, no, 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 that's not the case. Uh, anyway, <laughs> someone says porridge with sultanas. Soak Ooh. the sultanas in water to plump them up. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, no, uh, butter on top of porridge, says someone. All right, you're on the yeah. panel on RNZ National. Monday afternoon, lots to discuss. We are with James Elliott and Nalini Baruch. Stay with us.